Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, news, and info for everything March Madness and NBA this year. From the Final Four to the NBA playoffs, BetOnline is your sports information headquarters this season. If you love sports info, scores, news, and podcasts, you can find everything at BetOnline. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get into the action. Be sure to use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Holy moly! Man, woman, and child in that put them in the aisles. Johnny the Jetbaggers just for a moose from their shoes. Zaire breaks to the outside. He has a first down. Go He's Goodbye. Mike Rozier, touchdown. The hand it up to Thunder, who gives it back to Mike Stutz. He's going to throw it. He's got a man out there. Yeah, 40. It is. It's close. 15, 10, 5, touchdown. What's going on, Husker fans? Welcome to the Husker Heisman Huddle on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Casacho, joined by fellow hosts and Heisman winners, Johnny the Jet Rogers and Eric Crouch. And our special guest today is none other than Nebraska and college football legend, touchdown Tommy Frazier. All right. Thanks for coming, Tommy. You're welcome. And you notice, you notice I changed my, my, my tag to touchdown Tommy just for you guys. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I love it. I think I even referred to you in a text message between all three of us today. I'm like, hey, did anybody get with touchdown Tommy and give him that link? <laughs> uh, so I, I changed it just for you guys. Tommy's the oh, hardest running quarterback it. in show business. Oh yeah, you know I That's tried to. Right. Be, you know they, they you did, what, Tommy. You did. You was. Well, they, they say once you if you're gonna go out there, might as well give it y'all, right? Well, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Well, it depends on who you are. If you're Johnny Jet Rogers, you do. <laughs> oh, Johnny's had a lot of second over. chances. Johnny <laughs> <laughs> had second, third, and fourth chances. Uh. <laughs> well, we appreciate okay. you. You know, jumping on with us. Um, you know, we've uh, just kind of ventured into our podcasting lives here, and we're just uh, excited to talk Nebraska football. And this week is uh, is quarterback talk. Um, so we just thought, you know, who better than Tommy Frazier to have on? And and uh, I don't know, just we got you. So tell us what you're up to. I think that, you know, a lot of people want to know. I always get asked, what's Tommy doing? And, and um, you know, just tell people what, what family life, you know, work life. The, the, what, what, the question of what's Tommy not doing, you know, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I spend both my time on the vice president for Luther Family Services here in Omaha. With assistance. What's that? <laughs> you got assistance too. Assistance. Everybody's got assistance. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, well, I got, well, of course, I got to have a couple. Um, they spray me a little thin, but, you know, so it's a, one of the biggest nonprofit in the state of Nebraska. We do a bunch of with refugee resettlement, health and human services, mental health, child, foster care, you know, so. We do a gamut of things, and you know, so that's my main job that I'm doing daily. But also, I have a couple other businesses. I have a small construction company that one of my good buddies started about six, seven years ago, and that's just starting to take off to where we're doing more of the those the, the small business build outs. You know, we're classified to build up the three floors, but we don't want to deal with that right, especially right now with the way prices are on supplies and equipment. So we're doing more just a office build out. So if someone was to call to say, "Hey, we want to rearrange our office," or a new tenant comes to the building. You know, that's what we do. And then 
have the Tommy Frazier Foundation, which I raised funds for kids who can't afford to play youth sports, which is which is big right now. We took a couple of years off because of COVID. You know, no, so now that COVID has kind of passed us a little bit, not not completely. You know, we're starting to do more fundraising for that because now kids are getting out there. Parents are feeling more willing to let their kids go out and, and, and be around other kids. So, but there's a lot of need out there for kids, especially with the way fees are. You know, I started. I remember when I grew up playing youth football. You pay fifty dollars, and that includes insurance and equipment, and everything else, and you go ahead and play. Now you're talking about three hundred dollars just for a dollar, for a deposit, just for for the equipment. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that's just ridiculous. So, so I just want to try to help those kids who can who can't afford to help themselves. And the one the one disclaimer to this: I don't do any select sports. You know, it's all just regular YMCA or local teams. You know, select sports. I think the, that's where they make too much money off these players, off these kids. So I just want to be able to have them be introduced to a game and something they like and be able to play without having to worry about money. Oh, and then, of course, I have two kids, one and one who's a sophomore in college right now in Lincoln, majoring in biochemistry. And then I have a daughter who's a sophomore in high school and she's a national champion cheerleader. You know, so so we're we're just we're, I'm grooming. Wow. champions. Yeah, I'm grooming champions. Yes, that sounds like it. Oh, yeah, it's pretty it's, cool. You know, I always tell people it's fun watching your kids do something outside of what you did. And and that's the pressure. My son, he has no he has no no love for football or sports. What you get on stage in front of people doing show choir, acapella. I mean, he's like it's like Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah. He's a totally different kid. And, and I just I get more joy watching those, watching my kids perform and do, do, do their best than what I did in college or in sports. Yeah. yeah. Did what was it like? I guess was it hard? You know, I'm we both have sons so i mean johnny we you know playing ball and all of a sudden the you know it's like everyone so are you fast like your dad or you know you're gonna win a heisman are you gonna win a championship are you a quarterback you know you, you get there's all these right. you know how did you deal with that you know the one thing i tried to do with my son was uh, i tried i try i try to let him pick what he wanted to do yeah you, know, you, you have a lot of former players who say no you're gonna play football you're gonna do this you're gonna do that you know i introduced it the, the sports to my kids to my son and let him figure it out for himself. He, he, he played football and realized that, hey, football is not where I want to be. But then he, he gravitated to baseball, and he's actually a pretty good baseball player. And I think he went to the first meeting in high school and the freshman meeting in high school and realized the kids. And, and believe it or not, just some of the things that kids were saying about why they want to join the baseball team, it, he just didn't feel comfortable with that. And so Throughout his, throughout his schooling, he was always intrigued with show choir and the school plays and choir. So he, he adapted to that and joined the, the show choir at, at Miller West. And and then it just flourished from there. So so now he's more of a, he's my academic, my, my academic child. You know, so he's more of a straight A student, majoring in biochemistry, and he still does a show choir and joined the acapella group. So, I mean, I let, I let my kids choose their own path and I just support them in the way I can. Uh, can you sing? <laughs> where did he get his vocals from? <laughs> well, 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 of course, me. But you know what they say: the older you get, if you don't train your vocals, then you, you can't sing anymore. So you sometimes you got to give it up. So I, so I pass it on to him. <laughs> well, this could be your debut. You can start singing right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, you know they, of... you, I still, I still do karaoke at different places and stuff like that. Just to have a little. Fun. There you go. Keep it at karaoke. All right. But, yeah. But here's, but here's the thing about it: they call it, they call it alcohol courage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, liquid courage uh, karaoke. Yeah, that's so, what like, I need. That people on the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> aiming fluid. That's aiming fluid. Right? Aiming fluid. <laughs> aiming fluid. Do you see a difference in uh, 
an attitude of your kids are academic, well, an academic, but what's the difference between an academic focus and, and a sports focus? I mean, you just, in my mind, you just use the same type of focus for a different thing, but you have yeah. to have that same type of intestinal fortitude uh, that you have on the field, that drive that you have, uh, whether it's in sports or in business and academics, education, it's your, right. it's your mindset. Yeah, you're some mindset. You have to work at it. You know, I always tell people that, you know, sports just didn't come easy to me. It doesn't come easy to people. You have to work at it. And the same thing with academics. You know, you have to work at it. You have to go out and put in the time and the effort to be one of those smart people, to be a, a profession in what you want to do. You know, if you look at any business person, and I always tell people, you're going to fail at something. You're always going to fail, but what are you going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again? And people that fail, are the ones I like learning from because they're the ones that that, that didn't give up. I mean, you always you, you can't learn much from success. And I know people always say, "Oh, I want to be successful," but you, but if you if you do something right the first time, then what have you learned? You know, so I learn more from my failures. I learn and learn more from anything failure, failure, anything. And so I try to teach my kids that no matter what you do, you give it your all and, and never give up. You know, because eventually it's going to click and something's going to happen. Well, you got to fail fast. Don't hit it. We all fail. Yeah, we're going to get another fail, but the, the key is to fail fast. Don't be afraid to try to fail fast because the faster you fail, the faster you get on track. You know what they say, get knocked down seven, get knocked down seven times, get up eight. You know, hey, you got to keep going. It's Edison. How, how many times did he fail with the light bulb before he got it right? I'm still failing. I'm still <laughs> failing. I'm never, never going to give up. Never give up on anything big or small. It will become a habit. That's right. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, I think uh, the. The, the Oscars of late have had a lot of experience with uh, with failure. They um, should be great. <laughs> yeah, they should be great. Year, all the failure they've been doing. But I, I know they've got a long ways to go, Tommy, to, to experience the kind of success that, that you've experienced and, and these guys have experienced. But what would you say would be the first step they need to take on the road to trying to find that kind of success? I think it's culture. You know, I think and Johnny and Johnny and Eric can, can, can agree with me on this, that when we were played there, the culture was there. When Bob DeVanna came in here, he, he completely changed the culture. When Coach Osborne took over from Bob DeVanna, the culture didn't change, but he just improved on it. When I came, the culture was already there. When Eric was there, when the Frank, you know, Frank, the culture was still there. You know, what's the one thing that you don't see there now? Culture, because you've had so many different coaches and so many different leader administrators changes there to where it's hard to, to, to establish a culture. Because every time you change some someone, they bring in old perspective, and so I think once the culture changed down there, from within the program, because I think outside the program, you know, it'll take care of itself. I might, I know, I've been one of those ones who've been kind of boisterous about what was happening down there, and uh, it was more so because I didn't like the culture that was being built down there. You know, it wasn't right. what I came to Nebraska for. It wasn't what Johnny helped build Nebraska for. It wasn't what Eric came to Nebraska for. And so when you so all my frustration came out of the culture. You know, I don't know that you're not going to win all the games, win every year. It's impossible. But as long as you have a solid culture and the teams that are winning, that's the one. That's the one where you can use their culture is, is there. And and hopefully the, the, this this new this new regime with Trev there brings back the culture that that that's going to last for years to come. But you can't do you can you're not going to win games if you, don't have, if you don't have a stable culture. Yep. That'll, that'll totally happen. I mean, I mean, I, it's, it's awesome to get to, you know, like Eric mentioned, we want to talk quarterbacks. We got you and we have Eric every week, which is already awesome. So we have a, you know, a, a ton of riches here uh, in terms of quarterback talk. Um, what do you think of this, uh, this QB room, you know, under Matt rule? I mean, you have a new coach, everything kind of gets shaken up. 
I think Casey Thompson did a good job last year. Um, but we have, you know, transfer and, uh, you know, Jeff Sims and just curious about how you see that shaking out is, you know, should there be an open competition? You know, you have a returning starter, but how do you kind of see that going? Well, I look at it this way. No one, when you when you're bringing a new a new staff, a new coach, no one's job is safe. I don't care if you're a two year starter, three year starter. You got to go out and, and and show that, that this new staff that you that you're the guy to be the starter. And so, I think competition right now for the whole team is good, especially at the quarterback position. Because if you look at the last couple of years, when the starter went down, the player, the quarterback play went down because the competition wasn't there. You know, competition makes everyone better. And I, and and what you're starting to see now in days that Kids are running away from competition by transferring. You know, I'm 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 like John was like Johnny always say to be the man you got to beat the man, right, Johnny? That's right. And so if you're afraid you to compete, be the best, if you're you afraid to compete, the best, then then why are you playing the game? Why are you playing sports? Period. You know, so I, I like that there's there's more competition there. I think it was six scholarship quarterbacks in that room now. You know, that, that's that's a good thing. Now you're gonna lose some of them at the spring ball. No one's gonna, gonna see the right on the wall. Well, the top three quarterbacks that are are there competing and, and competing at, at a high level, then good things should happen. I always what? like to tell people all the time that, um, you know, John Dutton and Monty Johnson. Yep. Uh, they both were all pro and in, in NFL played for years and years, you know, went high. They both played second team on our team. Right. They, they didn't start, you know, but when whenever our first team went down or came over to the sideline, we didn't miss anything. You know, because they came in with the same standards that, that we just left. But guys got to be willing to play for the team, not just for themselves. And those guys you're talking about are leaving. If they don't get to start, you know, they're they want to leave. Yeah, so it's, it's a it's a bad thing now for college football. I think um, it's, just, it's just college sports. Period. To where quitting is, has become, and then people say they're not quitting this, but they're just looking for a better opportunity. No, you're quitting on a team that give you opportunity. Right. Because they get your way. Well, and plus, you know, I, I think the most important thing, one of the most important things on a team is that everybody, the, every player knows that the best players are playing. Because if you know that a guy is, is better than you, you really shouldn't really have a problem with him starting ahead of you. It's right. just when you play favorites and you put a guy who is not qualified ahead of another guy for whatever the reason might be. But when, you, when the best players play, then you really got a good chance to, to make the, the, the second team know they're going to get in, but they don't feel slighted because they really realize everybody, they, they know who's who. They know who's better than what. And, yeah. and, and, and that's where that's why I brought in the word culture, you know, because I, I know for a fact there are a lot of times the best players weren't playing in the last right. 15 years down there. And you know, up on the bottom of the it doesn't matter if you're Johnny Jet Rogers, if someone's better than you, that guy's going to be playing. Right. Same thing, Coach Osborne. The best guy's going to be on the field playing, and if you want to play, you got to prove it to him. So we're in the last 15, 20 years. I know for a fact that some of the guys, the best guys, weren't playing because of politics, and and that's why Nebraska is where they are now. You know, you go back and look at do you do, do you do you really think that that Lawrence Phillips and Amon Green and Damon Bennett and Clinton Childs, all those guys, weren't capable of playing? But but the culture there was that hey, the best guy going to play, and they saw it every day in practice. You know, so right. I just think it's one of those deals to where if the culture's there and you're preaching it that the best guy's gonna play and you live by your word, then I don't think you'll see it. I don't think you'll see many people leaving. Because then you're gonna win. <laughs> then you, you will win. Winning That's cares how you get a winning team. Winning isn't everything, though, Tommy. No, it's not. At, at, at Nebraska, we do rate it right up there with oxygen. 
is pretty <laughs> darn important. That's right. <laughs> Bringing this back to like quarterback play, um, what what is like what was your mindset? Just you know, how did you conquer the huddle? You know, always talk about hey, Tommy Frazier, man, he he commanded the huddle. You know, like you hear like one guy talking, it's me. You know that you know, and that that that's how did you what was your approach to like being the best leader that you could be and 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 that coming from a quarterback's perspective my mindset was it wasn't about being the most liked it's about being the most respected on the field but by me doing that i had to go out there and prove to them that i'm going to give 100 on this field and i expect for you to do the same thing and if you're not then i'm going to have coach put someone else in here to get the job done and, and, and when you and when you're when you're a leader out there, everyone thinks that everyone needs to like you. No, that's that, that's that's a falsehood. Because most most people who are liked don't don't really get their full potential out of, out of themselves. Because now it's a popularity test. Me, I care less if my teammates like me, but they're gonna respect what I do when I go on the field. And when when I'm stepping in the huddle, hey, this is my huddle. I'm the coach out here. They, they, the coach Osborne gave me that reign, so let's pay attention, listen. And and, and that's the way. I've always done it, and it worked. I won, I won championships in little league. I won championships in high school. I won championships in college. So it's kind of one of those deals where, if something's not broken, they don't fix it. Now I rub people the wrong way, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm always good with that. Sometimes that's how that's how you push people too. I mean, well, most people want to be told what to do. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, you know, you don't. Everybody doesn't want to be the leader. You know, when I would, would go back on partner turn, I told them what to do. Period. I mean, and that that's what they expected, and I expected them to do that. And if they did what they were supposed to do, then everybody we, we would get results. Right. And that's what we're out there for: results, where people get honors, uh, they get money, they get reputations, they get all the best things when everybody does their job. And it's clear that the only reason why we're telling you what to do in case you might forget what your job is. Right. Because everybody's got a job. And, and, and being a quarterback, it's your job to make sure everyone on the field knows what they're supposed to do and where they're supposed to line up. You know, that's the one position. That's why it's the probably the most important position in the game of sports is a point is a quarterback because you're talking about them making sure that 10 other guys are on the same page, doing the right thing in the right position, and doing running the right play. There's not many other sports you can say that with. With the right so, mindset. With the right with the right mindset. Yeah. Right. It's inherently a leadership position. And not everyone can be a leader. And, 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 you know, that's the thing about it. Not every quarterback can be a leader. And, and so that, that's what, when people say, well, he's not a good leader. Well, maybe it's not his mind. Maybe it's not his skill set. Maybe his skill set is going out there and playing the game. Maybe maybe he's a he's a, a student of the game. You know, maybe he's just, a, he's athletic, but he's not a leader. That, that's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I was brought here to be the leader. And so I went out there and did the best way. I knew I'd do it. If I was, if I was doing something that, Coach Osborne didn't want Coach Gill didn't want me to do. They would have told me, "Hey, you need to find a different different way to do things." But they never came up and told me to change. Just kind of had a little thought here about just kind of firing me up, and then I started thinking run game. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, you know that's what we did at Nebraska. Um, how important is it for Nebraska to to? I mean, I just can't remember the last time. Like, I don't know, was it maybe a mirror? Or, I'm, I'm just trying to think the last time that the run game was really a, a relevant thing in Nebraska and how important that is. 
Well, I, I don't I don't necessarily think it will ha it hasn't been important. I think when it comes to different different schemes now and different things that teams are doing, offense coordinators are doing, you know, uh, it all works. You know, I think Nebraska fans are so used to the fullback, the eye back that's getting run downhill, the power running game. You know, there's not very many teams that are run that style of offense anymore. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the team, and I go back to look at Alabama, look how much they've changed over the last six years, six, seven years, to where they don't, they're not just lined up and, 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 and running down people's throat. They've spread the ball out. So I just think you get some mindset to where if you have the right players and your right scheme, you know, it, it, you know, run game can work, but I get what they're doing now. They're trying to make it easier for the quarterbacks, and which is which I laugh at that because if, if you're the quarterback, that means you're supposed to be the smartest guy on the field. But I but I get that they're trying to control more from the sideline, trying to make it easier for the quarterback to see things. So I get the spread stuff, but I still see a lot of teams running 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 for a lot of yards out of it. I don't necessarily know that Nebraska need to bring back the fullback, but at least have an opportunity. Part of your system is short, so when it's third and one on the goal line. You can you can give it to the fullback, let him ram it in instead of trying to get the ball out five yards deep. Mm -hmm. It's important. The run game is the, yeah. definitely the run game sport. Every team that's won the championships over the last few years had a, had a pretty good running game. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. They rushed for a thousand, two hundred yards a game, yeah. but they still had a threat. Well, then that means that we have to go. That what's up front that counts? You got to have the line. That's right. Starts you got to focus on. You got to focus on that line on offense. Uh, to push the ball, and you got to focus on the defense to to penetrate. Right. I mean, it's, you it's, know, both sides, or else you're not going nowhere. And I don't think we've done that. Right, and and that's the thing I tell people. You know, until Nebraska get back to the dominant offensive line, the dominant defensive line, you know, they're gonna struggle. You can have all the talent on the perimeter that you want to, but right. if you can't get rid of the ball, you can't protect, you can't run the ball. Doesn't matter who you have at quarterback, and and that's what you've seen here in the past. How many right. to where Nebraska has some good quarterbacks, they have some good skilled players, but they can't hold up because they're getting beat up because you can't protect them or you can't you can't sustain a, a run a run game. And uh, and on defense, you can't you can't stop the run and you can't get pressure on the quarterback with them. So I think Nebraska truly needs to focus on the front, the front, the front four and the front five. Yeah, Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer last year, you don't get you know, a whole lot better than that. That they were really good at their positions. Of Trey Palmer, some of the most yards of you know, Nebraska receiver. And Anthony was and Anthony was good. He just couldn't. Uh, with Stalin there's nowhere to go. Yeah, he didn't have a place to go. So I mean, you really got the Nebraska really needs to focus, in my opinion, on the front on the front five. Right on offense and deep. Yeah, for, right. for five and four. Yeah, yeah. We're used it's to controlling the line of scrimmage. What's up front that counts? We're used to controlling the line of scrimmage, and it's just been. Um, Something that we've struggled with lately. I'm not sure, you know, lately, like Tommy said before, you know, all the ups and downs with the coaching staffs and all the switches, and you know, it's hard to get something stable. You know, well, the weight, the strength, the strength and conditioning program. I mean, every time you bring a new coach, they bring in a guy. So you, one guy likes a leaner guy, one guy likes a bigger, stronger guy. What I mean, so everything mm -hmm. changes. So it, it all goes back to culture. And once the culture gets fixed down there, then everything else starts falling into place because Nebraska have the resources to compete with anybody when it comes to scholarships, NIL money out there. But when you have yeah, what do you think of NIL? What's your what's your take on that overall uh, NIL thing and how I it's don't, hit the college? I, I, I don't like it when you have freshmen coming in making a ton of money. I you know I I understand it. But I'm I'm more along the lines make them earn it, make them prove themselves before you before you start paying them money. You know, it's it, you know it's like any professional sports you get a rookie contract, but you don't make your big money until you prove yourself after your contract. Yeah, you know, 
Like maybe pay the juniors and seniors, you know, yeah, freshman, that, sophomore. Exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, and it's Michael Jordan, you know, I, I, I like him because my demeanor is kind of like him when it comes to being a leader and the way you play the game. But he made a statement years ago about when he became endorsement deals. And, you know, he said when he went out and when he got his first endorsement deal, he had to earn it by the way he played it. Now they're giving endorsement deals and money to kids of potential. Which means we hope they can do it, but we don't, we're not sure. Well, go. let's go back old school. Make them earn it. Yeah, I think the coldest like Crawford kind of learned that last year. Like he came in he's, as a, he had never set the field, you know, been on the field as a, as a Husker made all that money with the, which the H was the HVAC ad. And then like things didn't really go right. He tried to enter the transfer portal and it was like, oh, there's not that much, you know, there wasn't that many biters out there and an interest in him because he hadn't, he hadn't done anything, but he had made a lot of money on that H, you know, made a lot of NIL money. So I think that's a good, good point, Tommy. But it's changing the game too. Cause look, look at it. Look at how many quarterbacks have left schools. They started last year, had good careers, and moved to other schools because I guarantee you they got more money than at the new school. It's happening. It's changing. So I, I'm a firm believer you don't pay – you you give them a percentage of the money as far as living expenses, but they, if they don't finish out their career there, then they don't get it. They don't get all the money. There's a penalty for when you leave. That's why I look at it. But just giving all these young kids out of high school, freshmen who haven't really proved themselves just that kind of money, is running the game. What what have you heard? I mean, I've heard like four or five million dollars, you know, these uh, quarterbacks, you know, getting recruited, uh, you know, offers are huge right now. You know, George is paying. I don't know what some of these are. What have you heard? Some of the, the have you heard that same like ballpark or more? I've heard I've heard one kid been offered seven million dollars. Seven million. Seven million dollars. Hasn't played a down in college football. And he's, and he's a junior in high school. Wow. You know, so it's, stu it's stuff like that to where it's it's ruining the game. It, it truly is. I mean, and fine, if you want to give him NIL money, then make him pay the scholarships. That's what I said. Don't, you, can't, you can't get a scholarship and then turn around and say, okay, now I'm going to make $7 million off my scholarship. But I'm, no, you, if you're making that kind of money, you should be able yeah. to pay your, pay your scholarship. I was going to say, they might think about it a little differently when they're in the classroom, too. Yeah. When you, when oh, you, I guess uh, by $7 million, it doesn't make a difference. They're not going to class, Johnny. They're not going to class. Johnny, going going to class. <laughs> but, but what you can afford to pay then. But that's what <laughs> happened because it, it was like, why don't you go to class? I got all this money. All I got to do is play a couple of years, and I, hopefully I'm being in the NFL. If not, I've got $7 million I made. Well, they, yeah. they need to, to base it around some type of incentives. Mm -hmm. if, academic uh, incentives. You, you make academic and 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 and, and uh, winning uh, percentages or something. Uh, yeah. You got to do well. How long you've been around? Got to get well, do well to get to get the money. Yeah, right. You, know, you got to but earn it, was, it. In some it kind of way. You can earn. It. I can't. I, this is the opportunity to hand if you do such and such. If we right. make this accomplishment, if you do create that culture, you're talking about uh, with the the beliefs and and you institute a, a population uh, uh, that, that that we think can go on and on. Right. Uh, we can continuously win. Then, then you can earn. That's worth value. That's value for value. But if you give somebody something before time, you just mess them up. They they, they have it's like the, the coaches uh, that they bring in. They give them thirty forty million dollars before they play a game too. They haven't earned the money. Let's say let's go to a bowl game. Uh, let's produce some some uh, uh, some championships of some sort. Uh, do something to earn the money, but to, when you give it to them, what's the point of getting up if you already got it? Especially when it's guaranteed. Now, I'm a firm believer in, in all contracts 
hey, this is what we're gonna pay you now. You can make this much if you hit these hit these levels. Hit exactly. These, these marks. Exactly. If you don't hit these marks, you know you're gonna make this. You know, like I said, I never I never thought I'd see a day in Nebraska paying nine million dollars, average nine million dollars a year for a coach at Nebraska. But that's that. But the last coach set the benchmark. I mean, you you have to. Yeah, you can't you can't pay one guy something guaranteed and drop drop back with a new guy, and and so I, I well I you can you can you can but you're not gonna get the right you're not gonna get the best guy for the job you're just gonna get someone that come and fill in in two three years like okay oh he was okay well he well was, we might get some people who are actually hungry because I can't see when you come in and get the money up front where's the hunger I think we ruin we ruin coaches that way we have to I'm, I'm all for the incentives. And to get somebody, they have to want to earn it. We just can't give the gifts because it doesn't work, Tommy. Oh, we're on the same page there. Trust me, yeah. y'all. We're on the same page. <laughs> I'm, I'm, all, I'm old school. I'm not old, but I'm old school. <laughs> Tommy, what do you well, think the land, what do you, what do you like envision uh, like 10, 15, maybe even 20 years from now? Um, you know, you think about USC and UCLA coming over to the Big Ten, like power conferences forming, you know, bigger college football playoff i mean what is this what does college football look like in you know 10 15 years yes i think you're going what you're going to see you're going to have the, the top four conferences the big 10 the big the big 10 big 12 uh, big 10 pack big 10 big 12 acc and the big east uh, one of those companies we're going to have four major conferences that run everything mm -hmm. then everybody else going to be kind of like the fcs what it is now and then FCA is going to go back to being like the, the division two. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be basically four conferences that, that are part of the NCA uh, of the playoff system because money is driving everything. And when you start putting money into sport, the way, the, the way these TV contracts are, you know, these, these schools see that and going to want to get a big, get a big chunk of that. You know, what's Nebraska projected to make in the next couple of years, $90 million. A year in the TV contract they just signed. Why? Why wouldn't a school want to be part of that? Especially coming from the LA market to where the TV market out there is huge. So now yeah. you throw them and throw that market in there. That that those that money can going probably double what each school going to get. You know. So I think I think money and TV is, is what's causing all this. And right, and I, I don't have a problem with that because that money also helps Nebraska do some of the things they want to do academically on campus. Do some of the things they would do facilities. Give them an opportunity right. to 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 go out and, and be part of this, this NIL game with some of the big boys. I don't think it's going to last. I mean, this NIL thing, I something something's got to go happen. You can't go back. Well, you, you, no, you, you can't. You, you, you can't. You can't police now. You know, if you they they missed an opportunity by policing it when they first brought it out. They just left it open seasons, and so just like in the state of Florida now, they just passed a law to where the coaches. And college can now start helping with some of the NIL deals in the state of Florida. Well, before that's, coaches could do anything, but it's based off each state now. So you got the federal law, now you're gonna have state laws. Each state is different, too. so that's what's gonna mess everything up. To where some states are can coaches can help now, and other states they can't. So now the coaches are helping, so maybe that's an advantage more for the Florida teams, right? And, and so I mean, so it's 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 just a I think it's just bad for the game in general. Well, my hope is that we're kind of in a Wild West time period for the NIL. Obviously, we've moved in this direction. Uh, the hope, at least my my hope, is that as we kind of go, they'll they'll kind of figure out. You know, we talked about you guys have talked about incentives. 
you know, you mentioned that Florida's, you know, changed the law that hopefully we figure something out where this makes sense for the players and makes sense for the game. Um, at least. Well, well, what makes sense for the players? And I still, I still remember going back 1996 or seven, I was asked to go to the NCAA to talk about the college student and what can what can ha- enhance their livelihood on campus and stuff like that. And I say I say back then I say if you say if you give each player an additional fifteen hundred dollars a month on their scholarship check, that should that should suffice. That, that should work out for them. And well, no, we can't pay players. We can't play players. Well, you guys are making billions of dollars off these athletes. You can pay out scholarship athletes fifteen hundred dollars more on their scholarship check. No, we can't do it. Then we can't do it. Now look where you are. Mm-hmm. Now you can't control what they wish they could have. They wish they would have took that one. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and gradually and, and gradually increase it as the years go on. Now, now they can't control it now. So basically NCAA, what are they what can they what can they oversee now? Cheating? How are they cheating? Illegal recruiting, how they're illegal recruiting. They just let them do it. So you're getting recruited now. You're, you know, take yourself back to your 18-year-old self. You're getting recruited, maybe 17, 16-year-old self, and all of a sudden, like you got your top schools or whatnot, and what what's good? What is it going to be? What's going to be the deciding factor for you right now? Yeah, uh, if you're if if you're with the, with, with the NIL, the school didn't give me most money. You know, I, I, didn't grow, I didn't grow up in a family where they had a lot of money. You know, right? I, I had but, six. There were six kids that lived in a three bedroom home, one bathroom home. So, so let's just say a school. House. You know, you got Tom Osborne recruiting you. They're winning. You know. Um, well, I don't think Nebraska's. I mean, they were winning nine games a season when they were recruiting you. Um, but all of a sudden, you get a you get a letter from a school that doesn't win. You know, they're like, haven't won in years and years and years. But here comes the check. You take you take the check and and, and you kind of go, well, man, I'm not, I may not win a game, but I'm going to get paid. So I'm telling you right now, it's all about getting your parents, getting your family out of poverty. Yeah. Well, when I came to Nebraska, they hadn't won since Jesus was a kid. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they, <laughs> yeah, but the, it was the possibility if I came, we we're going to win, and we did. Right. And uh, I think uh, clearly, if, if well, the decisions they're making now are four years prior to the ones they've always been making before they could go to the pros. But mm-hmm. if, if we if, if we don't give that money to the young people coming up and find managers to help them manage that money, then it's still going to go back to the owners or to the schools. And right. they're not getting nothing. So I would rather them figure out ways to work it out because pay for play for no play is still slavery. <laughs> we you got you got if you playing out there and you're generating all that money, whether you're a freshman in college or whether you're a senior, it's just too much money out there that other people are making for the pay, people who are generating the money are not getting. Right. So give them as much as you can possibly get them. But we got to get somebody to manage the money and defer it. You can maybe you can't get you get put you put it in annuity contracts where you get so many for the next 20, 30, 40 years or something. But somebody got to manage their money for them. Because that's all the problem is, is that a management of money. You know, how how you get it, but you got to you, you don't want to just keep giving it back to the universities or giving it back to the owners of the professional teams. And, that, and that, that's that's where I was I was headed when earlier when I said you know put it in some type of account and they finish it out then they get that money then when, when, once they're done and, and, and invest in something for them don't just give them to them all up front right away now everybody's situation is different because you know that a lot of these kids that, that are coming from the inner city of New York or the inner city of Miami to where they they need that money to help their parents pay bills or something like that 
a portion of it, but the type of money that's a portion of it. But you don't need to give them all of it right up front. But I mean, I couldn't imagine like seven million dollars, and I don't even know if that's just for the year for their career or whatnot. But like, what would be like career? career, What you mean seven million? You're like, okay, how 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 bad do you really want to go play in the NFL? You know? Well, well, (laughs) funny you mention that thing. The, the, and I know we get off topic. We're gonna get back to the rest of football. But look at what the uh, the female basketball player from LSU said. She's like, "Why would I want to go to WNBA right now? I make more money in college than I would in mm-hmm. WNBA." You know, so they, so when when you you fine, fine, and, 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 and that's her right. But when you, when you hit when you hit college players start talking like that, you know, it just <laughs> it, it tells you something. There. Yeah, but, but our goal that's happening in, in life, football too. Our goal in life always is not really to get awards, just to be self sufficient. So if you get self-sufficient in high school, that's fine. If you get self-sufficient in college, that's fine. Or if you hit it in, in the pros, that's fine. Wherever you hit that, that mark, it's fine. So you don't have to go. You could go do other things and develop other parts of yourself if you get the financial part developed early. Right. You have choices. You have options. Mm-hmm. You have access. Yeah. Yep. Different things, yep. which are all, in my mind, good. You know, If you get it at 13, if you can deal with it, you get it and you give you more options are going on until you to, to your twenties. But if you're earning it, you gotta earn it. I just don't you can't get it for nothing. And that's because, where it goes back to you gotta earn it, me. I don't care who you yeah, are. Yeah, if you gotta earn it, as long as you learn as you earn the money, you get an opportunity to earn it. That's fine. I just don't want to be earning you money and you get the money and I don't. And that's what happened when we all were playing. Right. They got the money and we didn't at all. Right. We got the fifteen hundred dollar check or something, whatever they were giving. And then somebody bought us a dinner. We got suspended for a week. Oh, oh yeah. I ate a sandwich and about got suspended a year. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's crazy. That's right, because that was NCAA. You know what they call that, right? <laughs> no cash at all. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be. A, there's got to be a. Million. I was worried that was going to be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Nothing. No cash at all. Exactly. Oh my gosh. He's got well, it, he, You hope that there's a middle ground there. You hope. You hope that they find a middle ground to to bring it back to to Nebraska football for for a minute here. Change gears. Um, I I would be remiss, Tommy, if I didn't didn't ask you one question about the '95 team. Um. You know, we talked about the team in the last 10 or 15 years. You know, they've they've struggled to show up. They haven't dominated up front. That 95 team was one of the best teams in, in college football history. Mm-hmm. They didn't just show up every week. They dominated <clears throat> every week. You know, four, you know, beat four teams at the end of the year in the top 10 by three touchdowns. Right. And that's what people remember about that team. But I've, you know, that was kind of in my beginning of me watching Husker football. And, and I was watching an old broadcast of that national title game. And I remembered... That that people forget that that coming out of that '94 season, that there was actually some some controversy, some bad press around in Nebraska and Osborne at that time, due to like the Lawrence Phillips controversy and, and and suspension. And I've always wondered if that kind of negativity nationally surrounding the team, you know, kind of you know had an impact on you guys or brought you guys together as a team, kind of put a chip on your shoulder to propel you to the kind of success that, that you had to, to win that kind of way every week? Well, I think, I think 95 was just one of those where everything fell into place. What people don't realize is that 95 team, we have four new starting offensive linemen. Think wow. about it. And we rushed the ball for more yards. We gave them zero sacks. We scored more points. You know, but that, that goes to that goes to the, the culture that was there, that those guys played a lot the, the first championship year. You know, so I, so... 
I don't. I think with every program, when you become successful, there's there's always gonna be people in the media or outside gonna try to tear you down. But we truly were were brothers from from day one. We stepped on. I mean, it goes all the way back to my recruiting class. When it goes back to Dwayne '92 recruiting class and '91 recruiting class, that's where you start seeing the culture change to where we're brothers, and and it just built up over years. And and, and so when you when you bring a recruiting class that 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 gel and fit in together, there's nothing that 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 can, can tear you down. And that we truly will feel like we're brothers that, you know, brothers fight, brothers get in trouble. Do you do you throw them by the wayside and you say, hey, we, we got you. We gonna, you still our brother going to pull you with us. And those teams, that's what it was in 95, even with the whole Lawrence Phillips incident. You know, you still got to also understand there was a Christian Peters incident. There's a Tyron Williams incident. There's a Reggie Ball incident to where they're, they're, to where we didn't let that. Then you can talk about 94 coming back from, from blood clots and then competing with Brooke for the starting job in 95. You know, that, that was a whole lot that could have tore the team down. But when you have a culture there, you have a system there, you have brothers there to where no matter what happened, nothing's going to get in our way of, of our ultimate goal. And then the ultimate goal is win championships. Yeah, you talked about culture. Like, I think you kind of just summed it up. Like, you gave us a real window into the, the kind of culture that it takes to, to dominate the way that you guys did. And I think that's the way that these teams kind of need to proceed. They need to be brothers like that in order to... A lot of teams, a lot of teams, what couldn't handle what we went through those three years. They, I don't care. They could say they could have not, but they, they, they couldn't have went through that adversity that we went through and still stay focused on the football field, still stay focused in the classroom, and and, and become successful. Absolutely. So when you, when you, I always tell people, when you take probably the best running back, the best player I ever played with, off the field, and you don't miss a beat. Because the second, the second string, third string, you get people that realize that Amon Green was the fifth running back as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Think about that. And yeah. by the what, the fourth, or fifth game of the year, he was starting. Wow. But people forget that. You know, you know, you, you still had Damon Benning was there. You still just Clinton Childs was next up. You still have um, Marvin Sam, um, Jason Sims that was there. Then it, then it was Amon. And when Amon, when Amon got his chance, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't let it go. So that just shows you the depth and the, and that and, and Damon Benning and Clinton Childs could have very easily say, well, I'll pack, I'll pack my, I'll take my ball, I'm going home, I'm going somewhere else. But they understood that hey, we're brothers that would, hey, we start, we're going to start something, we're going to finish it together, and you and that's why those teams were successful. Well, they they believed that they were, were in the right place behind right. those guys, and that's it. And, and winning was more important than who who was starting. And, that, and that's that, and you can ask those guys. They'll tell you today. I care less what I got five cares. I care less I got twenty cares. Hey, when I got my cares, I'll make the most of it. Absolutely. Well, I, well, I got one more question for you. You were forty-five and four as a starter. Nope, MVP, I was not. You're not. I was thirty-three and three as a starter. I missed nine games by junior year. Oh, the, the team was forty-five and four during while you were playing. Yes, but in any case. MVP in three national titles. Yep. What is the most important thing to you about your legacy as a Husker? Not necessarily saying those things. I was trying to set the scene there, but you know, you contributed so much. What, when you look back at your time playing the game, what do you want people to most remember about you and your legacy as a, as a Nebraska corn Husker? My toughness. Uh, I would have played the game fearless. You know, I didn't care about I didn't you didn't see me avoid contact. You know, I went out and played the game with a reckless advantage, just like like Eric did, just like just like Mike Grant did, quarterbacks for me. 
you know, that that I was tough and I was going up. And that's why I want people to remember from my toughness. You know, I care less about all the stats and all the accolades, but when you knew when you when you turned the game or you saw me play, you're going you, you I'm giving them all. Yeah, man. You, know, you, you have to in this system. I mean, the way the way that Nebraska football has been when at the, during those times, like you you couldn't be a weak quarterback. <laughs> no, you know, we're, we're, talk- we're, there's asked a lot of our bodies uh, and yeah, our minds. I mean, funny you story, had- Eric. Funny story. I mean, a funny story. I talked with Dwayne Harris. Me, Dwayne Harris, hang out all the time. And Dwayne Harris was defensive end from Alabama. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about oh how they couldn't hit the quarterbacks in practice. Quarterbacks in practice. And every time I got, I say, hit me. I don't care. Hit me. He's like, so he hit me. And Coach Osborne get on him, and he said, "Don't touch the quarterback." And I would say, "No, hit me." Like, I get hit in the game, so I want to get hit in practice. I want to be first time I get hit all weekends in the game. And so he 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 always hit me, and and he got yelled at. But I was like, "Continue <laughs> doing it." <laughs> yeah. Well, Tommy, I'm one uh, for sure who really believed that uh, that you are our Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Eddie George is a good bu- buddy of mine, but uh, I really think that uh, that was a travesty. Was that a lot about the the, the, the turmoil that was going on throughout the country about the t- different things that were going on in the team that you think really affected uh, those choices because yeah, of short performance? Jonathan, I can't. I, you know, I'm not in the head of the voters. You know, you know when you and I always tell people when you have a a, a bunch of individuals voting on an award, someone played the game, something damn, something's right about it. You know, they all have their different opinion of, of of who they think is the best player. You know, you know, I was just I was just honored just to be part of it. You know, I, I haven't lost one night of sleep over it. You know, I'm good friends with Eddie George too, and we talk about it all the time. And and the one thing Eddie George is always saying is, "I'll take a national championship trophy or a Heisman Trophy any day." You know, because to me, it's to me, football is a team sport, and my teammates, whatever, everything I accomplish is because of my team. Whether I want an individual yeah. award or not, that 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 don't make or break me. Would have been nice oh. to have it, yes, but I mean, I didn't get it. Oh well, move on. You know, it goes back to who you should, should Vince Young won it over Reggie Bush that year, or Matt Lyon, who the year that Vince Young should have won, it, he didn't win it. You know, so I think I think it goes back to when you when you have people who are voting on things, everyone sees a player different, and they vote for how they voted for it. And that year, it just wasn't for me to win it, and. I was just happy to be there. Like I say, I was I was a runner-up. Well, we're happy that you were here because they have three national mm-hmm. championships yep. to come out of Nebraska was a statement that went nationally. And I can't remember the last time that who had three national championships back-to-back-to-back. Uh, to back to back. I mean, where? Well, it just uh, it goes, it goes a testament of what Coach Osborne built. It goes a testament of all the players that came in here and understood right. the culture. And, and me being part of uh, of help, helping – Revitalize that 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 run, you know that 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 feels good to me. But there was a lot of other players besides me that that had a bigger print imprint on the on the game than than me individually. Have you ever thought about coaching? I did coach. I coached for four years at Baylor University under Kevin Steele. And then I did a coach a couple years at Dawn College, and then you know then I started having having kids. They're young kids, and a coach at Baylor always told me my son was born. My son was two weeks old when he, when I loved Baylor. And he said, Tommy, you're young enough to get out of college, go get out of coaching, enjoy your kids. And then when once they get, get it all started in life, then you can get back in coaching. And you know, he was right. I'm I'll be 49 this year. And to me, I, I know I don't look 49, but I'll be 49 this year. My body feels great. My mind, I still understand the game of football. So who knows? I've have had calls 
every year from from different people in the culture industry ask me if I'd be interested in this job or that job. But right now, it has to be the right timer for me. And right now, it's just not. All right. Well, thank well, Tommy, you. Well, we're right on uh, time here. Yeah, there's nobody uh, tougher than touchdown Tommy Frazier. And I appreciate you guys having me. And anytime you guys want me on, you know, you both of you got my numbers. Give me a call. Let me know. Absolutely. I'll All right, on. buddy. Thank you so much, You're Tommy. welcome anytime. We Thank you, Tommy. 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 We I appreciate you guys. Johnny, I'll see you at the beach soon. Johnny, I'll, see, I'll, see you, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. I'll see you Wednesday night, Johnny. Okay. Don't tell Eric. beach. <laughs> Where Eric is going to buy his own beach. You do or you <laughs> don't want me there now? Oh, you know I want you there. <laughs> it's invite only, right, Tommy? That's right. That's right. Invite only. Shoot. All right. Thanks, you guys. All right. All right. See ya. That was uh, Tommy oh. Frazier, man. Well, Tommy's a great one, but yeah, I doubt he, is. he makes know, he, his history. When you say history, you talk about his story. He's got a heck of a story. Heck absolutely. of a story. I mean, yeah. he had to work for it too. Uh, the toughness, the only the way mental, to get him. everything, man. That's the only Nothing way to was get him. Something that, yeah, no. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and like I said, the other players don't do like you say. They do like they see you do it. And he he was a leadership in the huddle and off the field as well. So uh, I'm really glad and proud that. And Tommy and, and yourself, Erica, came along to Nebraska because without those type of leaderships for others to come around to see, we wouldn't be where we where we are. You know, and at least right now we have had a culture to go by where other players can come to be and develop themselves just like we did. We did it, they could do it. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's obviously always a pleasure to talk to all you guys. It's just a, just to talk Nebraska football with the best guys to do it um you know we talked a little bit of quarterbacks with with tommy but i'm i'm curious about as as always eric what, what your take is on the on the guys in the room oh i mean it's still early um i, I don't hold a lot of weight uh on spring but uh, they all look you know i'm i guess being at practice you look at they're all they're all looked apart man they're they're good size they can run they can throw uh, it, it's just going to be, it's going to come to, I don't know that this thing's going to get worked out in spring or in the fall where this is going to get worked out. In my opinion is during the season. I think, yeah. I think you'll see multiple quarterbacks this first part of the year. I think they're going to have to go with whoever can win football games and whoever can make plays and put their team in the best position and show that they can lead, uh, and stay healthy. Um, you, you start to learn a lot about somebody during the game, um, I've seen a lot of guys that practice and they do a great job, but then they're just not the same in the game. And I think that that's kind of why I think it'll get worked out as you, as the season goes on. I, well, I think they all look great. Um, you know, I, I don't watch, I, I've been to one practice. So, I mean, I, I can't tell you, you know, a lot of their uh, traits, you know, cause I haven't seen them uh, repetitively, but uh, you know, you hear good things about them all. And, I think, you know, with Casey uh, getting healthy and he'll be hard to beat out just because he's got the experience right now. But, you know, they're bringing guys in because they they just got to win. Well, the interesting thing is, and I, I think it's a good point that you make talking about spring ball because it's good. I think it'll be impossible to work out during spring ball because Casey is the returning starter, not really playing. Um, So the competition hasn't even really begun. It's really about kind of guys like, you know, Jeff Sims getting his feet wet, um, coming here from yep. Georgia Tech, and, and, mm -hmm. and he's a different kind of quarterback than Casey, right? He's coming in yep. with a guy who can use his legs. Um, he's got a great arm. He hasn't been the, you know, the most, certainly not as accurate as a guy like Casey, 
and the way we saw Casey play last year. But a lot of people pointed out that he, you know, didn't have the same kind of weapons that that we even have here at Nebraska or at some of the other schools. So we don't, you know, know how that'll that'll shape out. But it's going to be interesting to see a guy like him. You know, when a new coach comes in, it kind of shakes everything up. Everybody who may have been buried before gets a chance. I know we got to see a lot of Chubba Purdy last year with Whipple as the offensive coordinator, kind of brought him in. But I'm hearing, you know, people are hearing things now about about rule like in Harburg and mm-hmm. different things. And, and that's going to be the interesting part of spring is you got the guy that's kind of the returning starter sitting out and the other guys are kind of working against each other. And it's going to it's going to shake out. It's going to be an interesting time. Um, you have any thoughts about that, Johnny? Do you Whoa. see anybody down at practice? <laughs> well, yeah, they all look pretty good to me too. They all got mm-hmm. something uh, really going. You know, like uh, like uh, Har- Harburg, the, the sophomore, uh, looking for the future. He's got a, a good deal going. He's a smart guy in school. Uh, he's got a lot of high school awards that he's going into, and he was uh, in the track, so he's fast. Uh, and it's got that 200 yard dash at 400. <laughs> he could take around that corner and just take off. Uh, and with the type of uh, deal we playing, uh, he, he could go a long way. Uh, I like Jeff Sims uh, also too. He got 5,500 yards of total offense, three times AEC rookie of the week, 2020. And yeah, he's got playing time too. He got hey. yep. I mean, we he only got it. four four quarters in a game, and we got about five six quarterbacks that we need to be playing. Uh, so I, I would think that everybody's going to get about a quarter or so or something like that and see what they do. But I, any any kind of way it goes, I don't think we can go wrong. It just depends on what type of uh, whether we're passing or, or throwing or how we want to do it. But we got it here to do it. It's just it's going to be a hard choice, though. And I think who who exemplifies, you know, confidence in themselves and swagger too. like, you know, and, you got to learn team. this new offense. You know, you got to believe in yourself. And, you know, it's not easy to learn. You know, a new offense. Um, I mean, look what Casey's done now. I mean, think about Casey's he was at Texas, then he's in Nebraska. So he's got another staff now. So he's gonna learn three offenses. And I'm not sure what happened at Texas before that, but you know, that's a lot. You know, there's no well, consistency I think Casey's there. got the edge though, because the team's already been behind him. See, this is all about getting the team behind you. If you can lead yeah. the team, yeah, it's not about, about your stats, it's about just how can the leadership that you've uh, developed and the relationship you develop with them uh, puts him ahead of everybody in my book. And 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 rule has talked about Casey's ability while he's even just sitting out to learn the playbook, and that's what's been impressive about him. That's been kind of the word around him in spring. But at the same time, you know, like like we mentioned, you know, Sims. He's already drooled about Sims. You know, skill set. And he said, he said, Harburg's one of the fastest guys on the team and he's a big man. So, you know, I know that he was one of the ones in that practice where the defense kind of got shredded by the quarterbacks and Harburg's bouncing off people, making big gains. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it shakes out, but there's, and there's lots of other guys there too. Richard Torres, Chubba Purdy, um, Logan Smothers, another one sitting out. I mean, I know we talk about offensive line a lot. <laughs> I was thinking about this, just looking Good. over who's <laughs> playing. We talk a lot about offensive line and I'm like, that can't be good that 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 our two guys who've probably started the have played a significant amount of games, Logan Smothers and Gazy Thompson, both can't play in spring because they just got beat up that much. Number one and number two are down. So like it's and from the last couple of seasons. But you know, we'll we will see. We will see. I think it's a I it's a room I'm not that concerned about, but I do think it's an interesting point that you make, Eric, about it not being one. You know, I hope it's not 
you know, people were switching out guys in, you know, during the game, but I think we might see one quarterback begin the year. And at some point, maybe somebody else comes in and starts, you know, depending on how things go. Um, oh, it's been about winning. I, I think we could have three or four different uh, offensive strategies in one game. Because we got so many different types of quarterbacks. Obviously, awesome. we just want to win games. Yeah, well, <laughs> we can win them. And like I said, we give you a different look every quarter. <laughs> <Shoot>. <laughs> That'll be good. Yeah, that'll keep you on your feet. Huh? Well, if one guy's got a little better, you know, uh, ability to run, you know, they're probably going to run them a little bit more. It just makes complete sense to do something like that if, if like casey can throw it a little bit better you know maybe you know you're going to see him throw a little bit more um and use the running back and running game so i don't know i just uh i mean jury's out for me no well, it's yeah. always the element of surprise <laughs> but i do think it's got to be an you know obviously a wide open competition i hope that they haven't told anybody that they're gonna no you know, no get to no take i it can't or, believe they can definitely not i don't have anybody they don't have any first second third strings anything like that everybody's wide open nobody's has a, a a title to any type of position on the field at all every it's up for everybody to earn and to get well I hope we'll uh, get to talk about that next week when we uh, preview the spring game and and talk a little bit about how some of these guys are going to fit in with the wide receivers and and what that'll look in Satterfield's offense. Um, that's our show for this week. This episode presented to you by Bet Online. Um, tune in next week as we uh, preview the spring game. And as always, go Big Red. Every day's game day, y'all. See you later, fellas. was raised in Nebraska, but one time I journeyed south, and the things those Okies said down there made me wipe out a couple of miles. They like their Sooner football, and they don't like the Huskers enough, but I surprised them all when I sang this song, I made them take off and run. You can boast about your victory, tell me all about your team, but when we meet on the football field, your bridges won't be clean. You can brag about the Sooners and sing your old fight song, but don't come across our borderline, cause you knuckleheads don't belong. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.